Thank you. Cool. So, when Jesus came to earth, he showed and demonstrated how much he loved us, didn't he? By leaving behind all of his rights, his divinity, his glory, and his power. And he fully entered into our world so that he might know us, that he might understand us, that he might know the pain and experience the pain that we feel and really get us, really understand us. Sorry, this is annoying. Um, and as always Jesus models what we should be doing so how do we set aside our agendas how do we set aside our rights and our needs to really enter into somebody else's world to really know what they're thinking to feel the pain that they're experiencing to really get alongside people how do we think we do that anyone question Shout out, feel free. In what way can we do, we do that? Steve, listen. Yeah, thank you very much. By listening. Um, when we listen carefully. When we listen carefully to people. We listen with care, so with love, with empathy. And we listen fully, fully present and fully engaged. Um, Friedrich Bonhoeffer, who is um, a theologian, German theologian around the time of the Second World War said, poor listening rejects, good listening embraces, poor listening diminishes the other person, while good listening invites them to exist and to matter. Just as loving God begins with listening to his word, so beginning of love for each other is learning to listen to them. So loving well, loving each other well, And we've heard through other people in this series that loving well is being hospitable, is encouraging. But we're also today that loving well starts with listening carefully. So really this sermon's a bit of a cheat um, for me. Um, And actually it's a bit of an exercise for me to kind of summarise what I've kind of already learnt and kind of extend my journey of of learning to listen well. Because actually, I'm going to be vulnerable now. (laughs) But um, So last year, it kind of came quite strongly to my attention, and potentially quite painfully, that I'm not a very good listener. (laughs) And actually, it's not been great for the people around me. Um, Because... So for me, so I'm, I'm an external processor, so I work out my thoughts and my feelings through talking. So I just talk a lot. <laughs> um, and also, I've got something called command, which is one of the, in the strength finders, it's, it's a strength which is called command, which actually kind of makes it almost physically impossible when you have a thought and you want to share it. It's almost like physically impossible not to say stuff. <laughs> um, it's a bit like, you know, seeing my kids and hugging them my love language is physical touch. And so Jed's like a teenager now, so he doesn't want any of that. And I'm like, <laughs> stroke you or touch you or something. And he's not into it. So it's a bit like that with, with talking. I feel like this physical, like I physically have to restrain myself from, from talking instead of listening. So I find it really difficult. Um, yeah, so kind of those personality traits sort of mixed with my own sin of impatience and pride has meant that I've been a bad listener Um, so yeah so my impatience means that I think I've understood what someone's saying too quickly 
so I can jump in and interrupt them and finish people's sentences. I do that quite a lot. Um, I can dismiss others' points of view or ideas too quickly without pausing to really value and to get to grips with what the other person's saying. Um, and I can bring solutions bef too quickly before I really fully listen to hear what the depth of the problem is. So I feel like I'm at AA now. <laughs> I am a bad listener. <laughs> um, I don't know whether that kind of resonates with any of you guys, any of those things. Recognize any of that in yourself? Or are you like amazing? <laughs> but make me feel better, you know. Yes, I'm a bad listener. Um, but yeah, that's led me to kind of write a bit of a daily prayer. And this, isn't, this is just one of three things, actually. <laughs> Maybe I'll share those other things at another point. But, um, but yeah, so one of my daily prayer that I've been trying to do, it's not actually daily, to be honest. It's probably more like three times a week. But anyway, so I've been saying this prayer quite regularly for the last six months. And hopefully it's making a difference. <laughs> Please, God. Right, so this is part of it is, help me, God, to be quick to listen and slow to speak today. Help me to listen carefully and give me the humility to find value and learn from the other perspective. Give me the patience to hold myself back from speaking too quickly. And I have to say, I have actually been cringing whilst writing most of this sermon. So I am in no way standing here going, you need to do this, this and this. And so it's, well, I'm also saying that to myself. So yeah. So I'm going to take us through my, those four points of my prayer so help me to be quick to listen and slow to speak. And we find this in James 1.19. Oh, interesting. Okay, keep going. Next one. Oh, is there no nothing on the other side of it? Huh? Go back. I'm back again. Okay. Can you go back again? Okay, I'll keep talking. <laughs> I know, this is great, I love this. I get to speak, no one can say anything. No, um, right, so it's probably part of the reason why I do enjoy preaching. Right, um, <laughs> so 1 James 1.19 is, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Now, this is like an amazing truth. Um, it sounds really simple, but actually it's really, really difficult because essentially every single one of us has a deep-seated need to be heard and to be understood. Everybody wants that. Even if people don't agree with you, you want to know that you've been listened to and that they get where you're coming from, yeah? Even if in the end they don't agree with you, and that's fine, but you just want to know that you've been heard and that you've been understood and that the person's gone... Oh, I see where you're coming from, but actually I still think this. And then you can live with that, can't you? But you can't live with like, it's rubbish, everything you're saying, because you feel like, oh, I need to keep, keep re-explaining this so they get where I'm coming from. The only problem with that is, is that everybody has that need. And so you're trying to do your, get your needs met, and the other person's trying to get their needs met, and it's kind of not a great cycle until one person does what Jesus did, which has laid down his rights, his needs, to listen first, to be the person that's going to listen first, to be the person that's going to be slow to speak and quick to listen. Um, 
So Francis of Assisi, St. Francis of Assisi said, um, seek first to understand and then to be understood. And James says, be quick to listen. So that kind of quick, 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 the first thing you do, be the first, beat the other person to be quick to listen and to be slow to speak. So to wait, to pause, to take your time, be late to speak. If we can hit the pause button to listen, it does change everything. And it's one of the most important things we can do relationally is to learn this, to be quick, quick, quick to listen and slow to speak. So, oh, it's on, well done, great. So next one, so help me to listen carefully. This is point two of my prayer, help me to listen carefully. So with care and empathy, but also fully engaged and fully present. So to do this, it actually means we need to, li- we need to value listening as an act, as a ministry, and as a service, and as a channel of God's love. So I think when we really value just pure listening, and we realize that actually just by listening, that's a service and a channel of God's love, and we're telling people that we love them just through the act of listening. Um, And actually, I went on a mental health first aid training day a few weeks ago, and this is kind of one of my main takeaways from it, because... Because in the thing, you think, oh, no, because obviously I have a lot of people with mental health issues and that are suicidal and are homeless and stuff coming through Food Bank. And so I kind of need to have be up on mental health. So the kind of the main thing was essentially, it's basically listening. <laughs> and I don't know why I just felt like this proper penny drop of like, because you feel like oh, someone's in this urgent situation, I need to do something. So if it's physical, you'd be like, right, I need to know how to pump their heart and I need to know how to take their pulse and if they've had a burn I need to know what to do but with mental health it was basically like I mean there is more complicated than that but essentially we need to learn to listen so if somebody comes to you and they're suicidal the thing you need to do is to listen to them and if you can listen to them for an hour generally that's crisis averted first aid done first aid delivered done crisis averted you've pretty much kept that person safe for an hour by listening to them, that's it, job done. You're like, oh, amazing, I can do that. You know, instead of thinking like, oh, I have to do all of this stuff. And then we know how valuable the Samaritans are as well, don't we? Like, we know that. But I think if so, if we in our heads can really raise the value of listening in our minds, so actually just purely listening to someone is so important and actually can release the emotions that people have got. And they're not necessarily expecting like this divine, amazing response or for you to have this amazing solution. They just want to be listened to. So sort of by turning our whole being and being fully present to someone, tells someone, I'm interested in you, I value you, I love you. Whereas half listening, being distracted, walking off before the person's finished talking, interrupting them with a different topic, speaking too soon before they've really bottomed things out, says, I don't care and I don't value you. That's a bit challenging, isn't it? <laughs> so um, just a question. In what ways are you tempted to be distracted when you're with people instead of being present, deeply listening and accepting them? Just want to give you a little minute to think about that.
So for me, I find it hard to listen when I'm in a work environment or where I've got things I need to do and places I need to be and I know that I've got dun-dun-dun-dun and things pop into my head all the time. So if I'm talking to someone, something's popped into my head. And because my memory is not particularly great, I'm thinking, oh no, I'm going to forget that in a minute if I keep this and I need to go there and I need to do that. And so a little caveat, obviously when you're at work, you can't just be like, as soon as someone starts talking to you, you can't just like sit down and just talk to them for an hour, can you? Because you've got a job to do. But I think we can manage around that a bit better and like when we're at home like husbands and wives so me and Matt have this you know you've got lots of things to talk about but you're also cooking the tea you've also got kids interrupting you you've also got the doorbell go you know you've got interruptions and distractions happening but it's almost like trying to manage that a bit better so for example I don't know just before church or something like now um, someone tries to talk to you or whatever and it's like oh hold on I know I've got to start the meeting in like 30 seconds and I can't concentrate on what you're saying you know so maybe we just need to be a bit more honest and just be a bit like, I really do, I can't actually chat now, I've got, I've got to do this, but I do really want to hear what you're going to say. Are you free afterwards? Are you free in 10 minutes? Or will you just give me 10 minutes for that? Or are you free at lunchtime? We can just go out. I do really want to hear that. You know, and obviously there's certain times that it's quite serious, and obviously. But yeah, let's just be open and honest with each other. And also, as the speaker, let's be aware as well that this might not be a great time, especially if you're interrupting someone and what they're doing and just maybe, because like we've tried to learn a bit more, haven't we? Like, can I interrupt you now? Can I have your full attention now? You know, so being a bit better in terms of communication with that, we can help with that. So then the third point of my prayer was, give me the humility to find value and learn from the other perspective. So in Philippians 2, 1 to 4, it says, um, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. So humility is the key to listening with care and being fully present. It has the position of, I don't know everything. You have something valuable to say. There's lots of things that you know that I don't. Your perspective and feelings have equal value as mine. I am interested in you. That's what it says, isn't it? Like, I've totally been guilty of thinking, oh, I've got a really great point that I want to say right now. So I'm just going to interrupt halfway through what you're saying because I think my, what I'm saying is better and holds more value. Or, um, yeah, don't be selfish. Don't, be, don't try to impress others. Oh, well, actually, I've got this really cool story where you're going to think I'm amazing once I've told this, you know. Or we're thinking of our answer while the other person's speaking. But instead, ask questions to help us understand, you know, like we can gently understand people through asking interested questions. So Jesus modeled this, didn't he? He's always asking people questions, always probing. He quite often never really told people the answer. He quite often asked people questions to get them to think about it first. So when someone's saying, like, talking to you it's like oh you're you know that opinion's really interesting why do you think that or why do you feel that or I don't really understand your point of view like next time we have an argument I don't really understand your point of view but I really want to can you explain it to me again or in a different way you know stuff like that this is a quite a <laughs> intense proverb this is like cringing all the time proverbs 18 verse 2 next one Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, 
that's me. Um, section four. Give me the patience to hold myself back from speaking too quickly. Um, yeah, it's so easy to presume we've understood before someone's finished, to jump in with hastily drawn conclusions, to interrupt because we know, we think we know what they're going to say, and to switch off because we're so busy thinking about our response or what we're going to say. It's basically impatience, and it's stupid and embarrassing. Another proverb. To answer someone before hearing him out is both stupid and embarrassing. <laughs> I don't know, written 4,000 years ago by Solomon. <laughs> we still haven't learned it. Awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah. Whereas a wise person tries to resist defensiveness, listen from a non-judgmental stance, training themselves not to formulate opinions or responses until the full update is on the table and the whole story has been heard. So I'm in court at the moment, I'm on jury service, which is very exciting, well, and also slightly traumatic, but you know, um, kind of a mixture of those two things. Um, but yeah, so it's really bonkers. So this is total listening exercise for me, because so as a juror, you're not allowed to say anything to anybody about anything, even your fellow jurors, until you get into the deliberating room, right? So I'm like, oh, this is like the worst situation for me ever. I'm like, oh. So, you know, you get home and you have like all these little things that happen that trigger off all these memories and, and you can't say anything. And I have, I've been quite, I have actually, I've not said anything, have I? I've been really good. Because it's two years in prison if you do. So, you know, <laughs> let's not go down that route. So, um, but yeah, it's been a proper exercise, like really hard, but I've done it, which is interesting. So when the penalty is bad, I can actually do it, which is slightly worrying. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's really good training. Blah. And I really thought we'd end, we'd be able to, because at the end of the, the, the judge dismisses you and then you can talk about it, Well, you can't talk about what happened in the actual jury room, but you can talk about the case. So I was really expecting us to be able to finish on Friday and I'd be able to have the weekend. I was so looking forward to being like, oh, I can just brood about all of this emotion that I've been through, but I still can't talk about it. Right, anyway, so yeah. In Ecclesiastes 3, it says, there is a time to be silent and a time to speak. And um, yeah, and a time to give solutions or not well thought out things. Sometimes we feel like we have to say something when someone's telling us stuff, but actually we don't. Like if we don't know, we don't have to come up with this amazing reason or spirit, even spiritual reason. Of if somebody's got, um, you know, there's something we don't quite understand and it's maybe a theological question, so cafe theology or whatever, we don't actually have to come up with an answer and a solution to defend God or, do you know what I mean? And actually, so in the book of Job, there's 42 chapters in the book of Job, and basically Job has had loads of really awful stuff happen to him. So he's got coronavirus, he's been cast out of the city, <laughs> he's lost all of his wealth, all of his business, all of his kids, it's like a total disaster, meltdown. So his couple of, three of his friends come and gather around, and they listen to they do listen to him for about seven chapters. But then for the next 434, they just talk at him, they're just talking to him and telling him, all their solutions and what they think God thinks and all the rest of it. And God is not happy <laughs> with that. So in the end, God rebukes them and basically tells them, oh, you've not spoken on my behalf. That's not what I think, you know, which is pretty intense. 
And like Job's friends, we can potentially all err on the side of speaking too much and giving solutions before fully listening, fully engaging, fully hearing people's pain and entering in. Um, I definitely do that. So if someone, because I want it to be finished, I kind of want to help and I want it to be finished. So I want to give them a solution that's like effective and right, okay, well, if you just do this and it's all sorted out. Because, you know, a problem shared is a problem. No, hold on. <laughs> Halved. So when somebody tells you their problem, it's kind of slightly your problem as well, isn't it? So if you can solve it really quickly, then it's like, yay, job done. Ticked off the bot, you know, ticked off. And we can kind of rush to give those solutions, can't we? Um, but some t before we like kind of really feel their pain and what they're really going through, and, and that can kind of brush off people's depths of their emotions, can't it? Um, and sometimes there just aren't any neat solutions or any easy answers. There just aren't. And we can trip ourselves up by trying to give them when we don't necessarily know everything and then, you know, God might not be happy about that, especially if we're talking on his behalf. Um, so yeah, this is a good quote. Eugene Peterson says, the book of Job is the primary biblical protest against a religion that has been reduced to explanations or answers. You know, we don't have to defend God. He's big enough to do that himself. And the place probably where we get into the most trouble by talking too much and not listening is in sort of conf or conflict conversations or it's about, to, it's about to go into a conflict. You can tell, can't you? It's like, oh, it's gone downhill. <laughs> um, because we kind of, where we disagree or we feel judged or criticised, they're the hardest places to listen, aren't they? Listen well, listen carefully with our full attention to what the person's saying because... We want to sort of, we feel hurt and we feel, want to justify ourselves and we want to let the other person know how they're making us feel. And, but then we're both doing that and it all kind of ends in a downward spiral, doesn't it? Um, yeah. So you might win the argument, but you lose the relationship. And Andy Stanley, there's a brilliant um, podcast which is actually on this, which I watched. So this is from him and I would recommend you watching that. But Andy Stanley is a great preacher and he says... You can be right and right and right about something. So you might be completely right and have all the wisdom and totally know, but you can write the person you love out the door because yeah. they've stopped listening. You know, you can see it with your kids, can't you? It's like, yeah, you're totally right about, you know, you've got lots of life experience, lots of wisdom, and they haven't. <laughs> but you can be right and right and right and just talk, keep talking to them, but they've, they've stopped listening, they've walked out the door. Um. And then James says that our type of rightness, because we're, we're trying to prove that we're right in lots of situations, aren't we? Um, which causes arguments, discretion. But, but James says in, the, in that Bible verse, is that one? You must be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry, because ang human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. So doesn't produce the right sort of rightness that God desires. So righteousness is just a biblical way of saying rightness. Um, because we want to be right at each other, but God wants us to be right with each other. And actually, we can be so busy proving that we're right that we've lost the relationship. 
And that's the, that's the opposite of what God actually wants. He wants us to be right with each other. And how do we do that? By being quick to listen and slow to speak. And then this other thing, he, I'm just going to take what he said and I'll give him the credit, which I just thought was really great. So basically, Jesus didn't come to be right because that would have taken like 30 minutes, wouldn't it? He would have come down and said, right, this, 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 and this. Obviously, he's God. It makes total sense. Here's some supernatural miracles to prove it. Has anybody got any questions? <laughs> you know, that's it. We've done it. Okay, thanks very much. But actually, Jesus didn't come to be right. He come to make us right with God and with each other. And that is a whole lot more costly, isn't it? It's much more costly to stop our arguments of being right and producing our own rightness and to lay aside that than to stop talking and to listen and to probe and to listen carefully with love and attention and fully engaged in what they're saying, even if it's a criticism of what we're saying. And actually, when we do that, we find that the spiral goes upwards instead of downwards. So we need to quit being right at each other and figure out how to be right with each other by pressing pause, get more information. Why does the person feel like that? Clarify their point of view, find out where they're coming from. And it also gives us more time, it buys us time to respond in a godly way and say what we actually want to say instead of I've got a habit of saying exaggerated things that really don't help in arguments. <laughs> you never do this, you know, because I'm, I'm quite dramatic as a person. I'm quite expressive. So I end up saying like dramatic statements that make stuff worse. You know, whereas actually it's like, you know, if you can press pause, if you can listen, if you can find out from the other point of view, it will give you more time to react in the way that you should react. So in summary, I mean, man, I've been... <laughs> trying to focus on this for like the last six months and I definitely don't think I'm even slightly I've probably increased by about two percent or something but anyway um, so let us begin our journey of becoming a careful listener it won't happen overnight it requires discipline effort and intentionality but let's be quick to listen slow to speak let's listen carefully with care and empathy and fully present and fully engaged Let's have the humility to find value and to learn from the other perspective, asking questions to help us understand. And let's have the patience to hold ourselves back from speaking too quickly, not jumping to conclusions or giving a quick answer or an easy solution. And then as we learn to listen well to the people around us, they will feel more loved. We can demonstrate our love for them by listening well. And by God's grace, we may even be able to incarnationally listen as we enter into their world. They might be able to feel and experience God's love for them as we listen as well. So, amen. So um, we're going to spend, we're just going to have a bit of response time. Chris, are you able to come and... So I thought it would be good to listen to God about that message and if you've got a pen or a paper or a phone maybe um, make some notes about what you feel God's saying if there's one thing or two things that struck you you can take that home um, can we have the little can we have it like just going round or is that like too tricky
like so people can look at different things just as we listen to God.